0: Hey guys, welcome to the show. We're so excited to introduce you to our podcast, City Bites. I'm Megan, also known as Foodie Indie. And I'm Kate, also known as Into Indie. So we came together over social media and our common interests of eating, drinking, and taking way too many pictures of our foods. So after one too many cocktails one night, we decided that we have a lot to bring to the table, pun intended, <laughs> and wanted to start a podcast. Collaborating together, we're bringing you a more personal look into some of our favorite local businesses. We're a little bit nosy and always want to know the story behind all the hard work that goes into our community, so we figured we'd share it with you as well. So make sure you're following along at Foodie Indie and Into Indie on Instagram. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, guys, we are super excited to have Justin here from Georgia Street Grind Justin, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about the coffee shop and a little bit of your background?
1: Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So I started uh, my whole past is food and beverage. Um, Sorry, I'm a little, uh, little hoarse today. But uh, I've been doing food and beverage and food and beverage operations for about the last uh, fifteen years, and. Had a couple kids and wanted to uh, slow it down a bit, Um, but uh, my ventures took me um, from Plainfield, Indiana, out to New York City, back to Indianapolis, back out to the East Coast for a little bit, and then um, now I'm back here and wanted to open a coffee shop. Started because of the hours. I really love the hours of the coffee shop, but um, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't completely obsessed with coffee um, and the service of coffee. The hospitality part of it is really what drives me but I do love coffee being the vehicle for sure.
0: Awesome. What made you pick the location of Beans? I mean you are smack dab in the middle of downtown but it is kind of a little tucked away space.
1: So it's a great question. I did not pick that location originally. It uh, was originally going to be in my hometown of Plainfield it was just because I wanted to have something and another connection to my hometown. I kind of missed being back home. So it was, it was nice. I happen to be doing, uh, helping my father who does all of the build out in that building. So that building is a really old building. It's, uh, the old spaghetti factory building also known as station place. He's been doing the tenant finishes in that building for about the last 35 years. And I did some of those tenant finishes when I was in school and kind of helping him out. And I had some downtime. I was waiting on the lease to come through in Plainfield, and we went to that space, and I helped him finish a job, and there was a little gelato shop there, mm-hmm. and the gelato shop was never open the whole time <laughs> that we were there. And I couldn't let it go. I, every time I would walk by, we were loading stuff in the building, and I was obsessed with it. I was like, this, what is this place doing? It was the middle of the summer, and it was closed. And he wasn't even open during his posted hours. So I went directly to the building owner, and I was like, hey, You know, this guy's name was Walt at the time. Hey, Walt, what's going on with that gelato shop? Oh, I don't know. I think he wants out of his lease. I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he can manage it. Uh, So I asked if I could call him. So I called the guy up directly, and he was based out of West Lafayette. Um, He had a little ice cream shop up there, wanted to expand. Couldn't do it. Uh, I guess what he was doing was having some younger kids kind of run the shop while he was up there, and, anybody who's ever opened a small business knows if you aren't fully committed, it will not happen. So I negotiated a lease transfer two days later and he said, well, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna be able to get all my stuff out of there. It was like a big gelato freezer in that small <laughs> look. I mean, it was insane. Um, and so I said, well, where are you at? He said, I'm in West Lafayette and I, I just don't have the manpower to get down there and get all that stuff. And I said, all right, um, do you mind if I bring it to you? And he said, yeah, uh, yeah, just let me know. So I literally, I had to hire somebody to take the glass wall out so that I get that gelato. They built the walls around the gelato freezer. So I had to hire somebody to come in and take the glass walls out. Oh, my gosh. I pulled all of the stuff out, loaded it into an enclosed trailer, and delivered it to West Lafayette, put it in a storage unit, got a storage unit for a month. <laughs> put it in a storage unit and <laughs> called the guy and gave him the key to the storage unit and said, you have one month. And he's like, you're amazing. It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> I'm ready, dude. I'm ready to do this. So that kind of gives you a hint of the motivation. <laughs> I mean, I was ready to do it. Um, called the guy in Plainfield. I was like, Hey, you found a better spot. You know, sorry, you guys are dragging your feet on this. But, um, and then I negotiated just a really great lease deal with the building and, They're happy to have us there. So the rest is history,
0: as they say. So with the space, you know, we obviously come quite often. Mm -hmm. Do you find the, you know, like what are the pros and cons between not having workspace like your average coffee shop? I
1: would say the biggest con is not so much the workspace as it is the seating. Uh, Seating is relatively important in a coffee shop. Although my business background and my, you know, white lodging background in terms of uh, running business operations and food and beverage operations, one of the biggest um, components and one of the biggest equations that they try to throw out there is revenue per square foot. So in a coffee shop like this, it, it is the essence of efficiency. We are able to maximize our revenue per square foot in that space. That said, we do compromise a little bit on the experience, the guest experience, as we would say. Like, It is a grab-and-go. The workspace itself, I don't have a whole lot of... I love efficiency, and I love everything being within, and the way the shop is laid out, everything is within an arm's reach. So we're able to manage that. We do have a little storage unit downstairs, um, which helps a lot, but... I don't find that many challenges with the space itself as I do with the guest experience side. I do want people to be able to come in and sit down, and eventually I'd like to have that. But right now, it's a grab-and-go. would like to be able to offer food, too, which we can't
0: because it's so small. So what would you say was the hardest part of wanting or going through the process of opening a coffee shop in Indianapolis? Or most challenging
1: the unknown factor of are people gonna come here? Like the actual setup and operation of it wasn't incredibly challenging. It was how do I let people know that I'm here? We're in a small space. Are people gonna come? Are they gonna come every day? Is it gonna is this gonna work? That was the most challenging thing for me. I had to put some of my fears aside and just say, go for it. But in terms of The actual setup of the shop, it it turned out to be I had everything ready to go. I had the espresso machine, the brewer, you know, all of my equipment. Everything was ready to roll. And everything in the shop, I don't know how much you've noticed, is hand-fabricated. So I made everything in there, the countertop, the wood paneling on the front. That's walnut. That's Indiana walnut from my brother's yard that we planed out. Um, So there's a lot of love in there. And a lot of that stuff was ready to roll. Um, so didn't find it as challenging. Financially, you know, it was a little bit of a, like I said, it was kind of that unknown. That was probably the most.
0: Were you a coffee connoisseur before opening the shop at home and everything?
1: I was a coffee drinker. I was a frequent coffee drinker who ah. really enjoyed coffee, but had... Once I dove into it, I realized I had absolutely no idea what went into making a cup of coffee. And one thing, I'm a very, try not to use a, a $5 word here, I'm an autodidactic kind of person. So everything in my life I have taught myself. And I'm able to just dive in, there's so many resources out there. I dove into coffee once I realized I was going to do a coffee shop because I needed, before I ever opened my doors, I needed to know everything I could possibly know and educate myself. And I also went around and spoke with multiple roasters. Originally, I wanted to get into roasting. I wanted to have that shop you know, in my head, I had this shop all laid out where I was going to have a little roaster in the corner and I was going to have my counter and it was going to smell like roasted coffee all the time. And I will never forget. I forget. I went in, I went into, um, arcane roaster town. I talked to Dudley. He's the roaster out there. And that was one of the first stops I made um, because it was in my home, close to my hometown. and, And I knew him and I started talking to him about that. And Dudley, um, He won't mind me saying this. Dudley is a very frank and very um, no BS kind of individual. Um, And he kind of laughed at me when I said what I wanted to do. And he's like, let me guess. You want to roast because you want to smell like the, you know, like coffee and stuff. He goes, roasted coffee stinks. He's (laughs) like, it smells like burnt popcorn when I'm roasting coffee in here. He's like, it does not. He goes, grinding the coffee, brewing the coffee. That's what gives you that aroma that everybody's addicted to. He's like, you don't necessarily want to be in the shop when you're roasting, you know? And that to me was my signal okay, go back, get yourself up to speed here because, you know, I kind of felt like an a hole walking in there, like, yeah, I'm going to roast coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, So Dudley kind of put me in check a little bit, and it was perfect. It turned out to be perfect. It was a great conversation to have. I realized that my passion was not roasting. My passion was the hospitality aspect. My passion was the serving, the craftsmanship of making the lattes, the craftsmanship of creating recipes or unique things in, you know, finding and seeking out really good roasts. My passion wasn't the roasting and sourcing the beans, like the, the raw beans. My my passion was in basically creating a small version of a restaurant, which is sourcing. Like your restaurateurs, the people that are out there, your chefs, they're not growing vegetables. They're, you know, some of them are. Those are great restaurants. But for the most part, they're sourcing. They're going and meeting and creating connections with these individuals that are out there. Mastering their craft. So being able to humble yourself a little bit and realize you don't have to master every craft. I don't have to be the best roaster. I need to be the best sourcer of good roasted coffee. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of found my niche. Um, and I realized, well, that's what I want to be. I'm going to let those guys do what they do because Dudley's been roasting coffee for about the last. 15 20 years um jared from brick house roasters was another one that i talked to those were two of the original people i worked with and that's where i came up with the grind house which is our house blend Um, i sourced three different beans from those two roasters and found the perfect combination for our drip and espresso Um, and that's really the the art of it is finding and sourcing and Realizing that craftsmanship on their part and then being able to pull it into the shop. So,
0: yeah. So, how do you go about finding your featured coffee? Because do you do it every week or? Yes. Every week. So, how do you find your featured coffee weekly then? That's
1: a great question. (laughs) So, uh, aside from the guest interaction in the shop, this is hands down my most favorite part of what I do because I get to talk to people who spend all of their time finding and roasting the best beans they can get their hands on. And I just get to drink it and taste it and say, that's really good. I'm going to serve that. Uh, it's also great because people come in the shop and they just trust. They're like, whatever is on the feature, like, I know you've like sourced. And that's a great compliment from your customers. Like They don't even need to taste it. They're just like, you've tasted it. You've sourced this out. So I reach out to as many local roasters as I can. Hey, my name's Georgia Street. You know, this is what we do. Uh, I would love to feature you in our shop. And we consider ourselves, I approach them as a coffee ambassador. So we, we're we right smack in the middle of the wholesale district in Indy, um, in an area where there's a lot of people who are not going to have access to your coffee. I need to bring your coffee into the shop. I'm going to buy you know, 10 pounds plus you know a handful of retail bags, and we're gonna rock it out in the shop. And now your name's out there, and they're gonna want it. So I reached out to Limelight Roasters was one of the first ones I worked with. Liz is amazing. does Her Ethiopia is legendary, um, and people will wait for it. Like, when's that coming back? And that's my favorite when people ask. Uh, Circadian does a great job. Tinker, in the beginning, really influential with. Um, you know, also educating me, bringing me into the coffee community, helping introduce me to other local roasters. Um, one of the best things about the coffee business is it is so much about networking and community. There is a great coffee community here in the city. Um, I will say the Tinker um, gets a lot of praise for almost playing the uh, what I call the Sun King role in the coffee community. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of some of the first ones to really get out there and make it big and say, Hey, Indy, like, you need to start drinking better coffee. Um, and then there were a lot of us smaller people that kind of like grabbed on their coattails and were like, Hey, bring, you know, teach me, like show me what's going on. And with between their cupping classes, which uh, we've been to and we love, they're all great individuals. And every single person over there is phenomenal. Um, you know, Steve, Jeff and Dylan, they're just great guys. And, The other thing I love about it is there's not that competition. There's enough coffee to go around. Mm -hmm. There's enough people drinking coffee to go around. There's enough different kinds of coffee to go around. And none of us are stuck on, I only want to drink this one Nicaragua from this one roaster ever. We all love that variety in our lives. And so that's probably the most enjoyable part of my job, again, outside of talking to customers and stuff, but uh, really getting out and networking, tasting, I haven't had many that I don't like, but I've had a lot that I absolutely love. There's some very talented roasters here in the city. We're lucky.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So with that being said, do you plan on opening multiple locations in the future? Maybe back in Plainfield? <laughs>
1: yeah, so so we, this this question comes up. Ah, man, almost once a day in the shop. Hey, when's your next location? When's your next location? We've had a lot of people approach us, which is great. That's the position you want to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a lot of people approach us about um, a next opportunity. Something that we're getting into that I think is going to be great for us as a transition, our next venture is most likely going to be a mobile unit like a cart that we can take to like farmer's markets. It's going to have an espresso machine on it. It's going to be able to do drip and cold brew, but a mobile unit that we can really get out and network prior to that next location, unless that next location comes along. The trick for us in the coffee business, um, and, and I'll be frank, the margins are tight. So it's mainly because we're using great coffee, and we're not just going out and... I could go out and source. I could get the least expensive feature out there. And I, I can tell you right now, I could sell it. I could sell it to people. And people would drink it and they would like it. They wouldn't like it nearly as much, but they would still like it. And I would make a couple more bucks per pound on every one I did. But that's not what we're in it for. We're I've bought coffees that I'm pretty sure I've lost money on just because they were so good and I had to have them in the shop. And I... <laughs> probably sold at a cause and just because it was fun but the margins are really tight so for us to open another shop it has to be in the perfect location and the way that we approached our building that we're currently in the way that we structured our lease is as an amenity for the other people in the building so you got to find a building that's willing to basically bring you in and say here's a space you're an amenity enjoy this
0: Okay, so what was your favorite coffee shop before? I mean, like, a lot of the roasters don't have coffee shops. It's true. So where, if it was a roaster, where was your favorite place to get it if it wasn't at an actual, quote-unquote, coffee shop?
1: Man, another good question. I would say... probably Arcane in terms of like my favorite shop to actually go to because I enjoyed speaking with Dudley Um, now that it is in Danville it's, it's a little bit outside also his cold brew was worth any trip to go get that
0: is um, it in downtown danville on yes, the square it's okay. right off the square so okay. it's right around the corner from reds okay yep. so now we have to go check that out and yes. get a donut at reds right because yes, that's their donut get a, shop yep, donut
1: yep. right there at reds you walk around the corner dudley's right there i will say it's nothing it's nothing crazy impressive it's just a small little guy you know okay. coffee shop with a, you know another small coffee shop but he, he he's a trip all Dudley right. is a trip I did like that shop um, outside of that uh, I'd say the only other one I really would go to was down in um, Franklin um, was at Benjamin's down in Franklin was was a cool little shop to go in and they always had really good coffee on drip okay so, good to know
0: good to know I
1: was not an Indianapolis coffee shop connoisseur I never had never envisioned myself opening downtown but yeah. I love that we are
0: so what would you say has been the most rewarding moment of your coffee journey so far? Man.
1: We, man, I would say, I'd say there's two. Um, one, is, one is pretty quick. Uh, it was very soon after we opened. We, we got a lot of very um, good feedback right off the bat, and people were really enjoying us, and we were right in the middle of a, a pretty, Influential area, Um, and we were voted um, in Indianapolis Monthly. We were featured in Indianapolis Monthly as one of the best restaurants in their best restaurants edition. So, for me, that was like it kind of blew my mind. I'm like, we've only been open for like four months, I did not expect this right now. awesome. But for me, the biggest accomplishment is looking back, we've been open now for exactly a year. And when I look back at it, and we had discussed this a little bit earlier, we are five stars on Yelp. We are five stars on Google. We are five stars on Facebook and all that. And it is a, it is, that's for me, that's what drives me is knowing that everybody who's come in and who's, you know, chosen to leave a review decided I'm going to leave the best possible review. Um, and, and it's, that's pretty cool. And that, and we've never had fingers crossed. We've never had a cup come back. Um, and that's kind of fun. Like, we make a lot of drinks, you know, a couple hundred drinks a day. So over the course of a year, to have that many satisfied customers and that many people that, that really want to come back to your shop, that to me is probably our, our greatest accomplishment, is that attention to detail with every guest.
0: Yeah. I may be, bring back an empty cup I mean, to get more coffee. <laughs> 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 so besides the coffee cart, coffee truck, whatever you want to call it, Do you see yourself doing any other collaborations with, like, local restaurants or anything kind of in the works with that?
1: Yes. Short answer.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Classified? Yeah, there's a few things kind of in the works. Um, We we dabbled in the beer side of things. Uh, We had a beer at the Ram for a period of time, which was awesome. Might be one of my favorite. and I'm I'm probably a little biased, but (laughs) I... Honestly, to be completely honest, it wasn't necessarily because our coffee was in it. Um, It was just a really good beer. And um, so one of my favorite beers I've had, we did a Grindhouse Brown, and it was really cool. So, yes, we do want to get in with some other restaurants. Um, And now I really wanted to get one solid year under our belt and kind of like we talked about before, really build a rapport with the Indianapolis community to where now – it's like, hey, enough people know us where a restaurant could say, "Oh, hey, we're doing Georgia Street Grind Coffee," and people are going to be able to associate that name with the quality product instead of before where it might have been like, the who, where, is that a, where are they?
0: So. So when you're not working your tail off in the coffee shop, where where could we find you? What are your What are your hobbies <clears throat> besides spending time with your family? Yeah,
1: it's definitely my girl. But uh, I love to golf. And whenever I get a chance, uh, I play a lot less golf now than I used to. Um, It's amazing what toddlers will do. Um, (laughs) You know, it's hard to justify that four or five hour round when, you know, you got two little boogers sitting out and waiting on you to go. But uh, I love to play golf. Um, I I really like to have my peace and quiet time. So I do a lot of meditation. and just have even if it's just 30 minutes i like to find a quiet place and just sit and just kind of be i am not a i'm not a complete luddite but i'm not I, I do turn i do tune out and i do turn off my electronics quite often just to be present so that's um, good yeah
0: yeah impressive i can <laughs> yeah. yeah. and if we have some listeners who have not been and are you know going to go and check it out? What would you recommend?
1: Yeah, those are two really different questions. So <laughs> the first to answer the first question, um, I had no idea the frenzy that we were going to cause when we created the Tiger Eye, um, <clears throat> mainly because it's nothing crazy. Uh, it's just a it's a chai with two shots of espresso. It's a chai latte with two shots of espresso, which in the uh, nomenclature, the coffee nomenclature is a filthy chai is what that's known as and I thought well I can come up with a better name than a filthy chai and chai comes from India, uh, tigers come from India and typically when you add shots into a drink, it's an eye so the tiger eye, and I was like oh, really, it's great, it's going to look really good on the menu and it is clearly hands down without a question the most frequently asked question, what's the tiger eye? Almost every single customer has that because it's intriguing. And then it's the most reordered daily drink on our menu by far. Uh, it's There are people who I can honestly say have been in every single day since we opened and had the Tiger Eye. There are at impressive. least... 30 people who I think have had it every single day Holy cow. since we opened. And if they're gonna be on vacation, they typically let me know, hey, I'm not gonna be here next week. I'll be <laughs> on vacation. And I tell them thank you letting really, you know. <laughs> <much."> <laughs> but that it, is there are yeah, insane. so there are there are dedication. a handful of people that are like this. So the tiger eye by far, not even close. In the summer, the cold brew, the nitro cold brew really creeps up on the tiger eye in terms of its popularity, but uh, tiger eye hot iced um, those are both very that's very common now the second part of that question I believe was what would I recommend I'm a huge latte fan in terms of the quality of a latte so you know just a double shot small like a short latte Um, if you're gonna go into a coffee shop and you want to know the quality of that coffee shop to be completely honest walk in and order double shot short latte you're going to get a taste of their espresso so you're gonna know if it's really good espresso or not and you're gonna get a feel for how they steam their milk and if it's a quality texture on the milk so that's the trademark of a really good coffee shop and i think we nail that every time so those are my things and obviously the feature coffee is I mean if I'm gonna if I walk in the shop I'm I'm drinking, I got my little George Tree Grand mug and I get a featured coffee with a couple shots of espresso probably and that gets me going.
0: I agree that's my go-to is the featured coffee. You have great coffee, however you don't serve food. But Megan and I like to come on Fridays because there is a little known well I shouldn't say little but it is our favorite day because of your dollar donuts. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you kind of came up with the idea for it? So
1: the cool thing, to kind of circle back, when I was in school, we would go to Al's Donuts because we would typically have practice before school, and so a lot of baseball guys, we would just go in and grab some donuts and, um, you know, take them to the locker room, whatever. and. I remember it being just a staple, and I didn't really think much about it. But then as I got older, I would try to go by there. And I'm like, they're always closed. And so I kind of realized they're always sold out by, like, 7, 7.30. It's that popular, and they only make a certain amount. There's a couple good old boys that run the place, and they do not waver. They do not – and I remember the first couple times I ordered from them. They're like, who is this guy? What are you doing with our donuts? And – they're hilarious uh, to work with so now we've got a rapport but um, I wanted to offer them the shop because we we aren't able to do food it's at the moment you know the way that the Marion County like the health and all that stuff works like I can't make it it you know anywhere outside of Marion County and it's fine but and to be honest I don't really want to be prepping food right now Anyway, I will someday but I love that I can pick up Al's Donuts. I love that we can bring them to the shop on Fridays. And I love that people, I've had people drive from Plainfield to the shop to get Al's Donuts because we'll typically have them until about 930. Okay. So if you get, if you're late getting an Al's, you can always just cruise downtown <laughs> for your donut and coffee. Uh, Cause you're that like determined to get some Al's and coffee, but it has been a great little fixture in the shop. We wanted Fridays to be fun uh, we wanted to do something special, and we wanted to kind of offer something fun on you know, on a Friday morning. Owls turns out to be great because the donuts are quality. And I've always said if we're going to bring anything in the shop, it's going to be the best. I'm not just going to bring something in just to have it. We've had a few different people pitch us on different items. If it's not the best donut I've ever had, I'm not going to bring it in the shop. We have Lucky Guy Brownies in the shop from Bloomington. They're the best brownies I've ever had, and the woman that makes them is amazing, and she's really cool. And I think they might even be on the Today Show next week, which would be oh kind of cool. You um, go, bars from Bloomington. So we try to do as much local and really good quality stuff as we can, given the um, two hundred and twelve square foot footprint that we have. <laughs> so very cool. We are very happy that you enjoy. Friday morning,
0: (laughs) it like makes our week. It's our little we meet up, we go over there, and nine o'clock. We've missed it. Yeah, Yeah. we definitely have. Yeah, for sure.
1: Which it's it's funny you said because we've had a lot of people like "You, you should do this every day. I'm like. If we did it every day, it wouldn't be you special. Wouldn't be special yep, yeah. And you wouldn't, go, you would be like, oh no. no, no,
0: no, no. Like I had it done every day this week. <laughs> <I was laughs> training, that would be us. We would be turning to donuts. Obesity uh, no, <laughs> in Indiana.
1: <laughs> Obesity oh, mm-hmm. rate in Indianapolis. Fight.
0: <laughs> but coffee sales are up. so
1: that's great. <laughs> Primarily because Georgia Street Guys is handing out donuts. <laughs>
0: Alright, so to close it out as part of our podcast name City Bites we will all go around and share the last thing you ate which you have to be completely candid completely honest, can't make it up embarrassingly enough mine was a hot pocket (laughs) Megan? (laughs) Mine was I'm on a huge hummus kick and I had hummus and wheat thins for a midday snack (laughs)
1: Well, I am jealous of both of you, because that means you've eaten today. (laughs) And, um, sad as it may be, what we it is two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and here I sit, uh, we've been crazy at the shop today, and, uh, my last bite would have been dinner last night, which was, uh, I made meatloaf and smashed potatoes, which were very tasty, but, um. I'm definitely going to be getting something to eat as soon as I walk <laughs> out of here. So uh, yeah. Other than that, it's been a cup of Grind House this morning and uh, caffeinated. Yes, yeah. I, I wouldn't be sitting here with no food or caffeine. That would that wouldn't be a very good interview.
0: <laughs> well, we want to thank you for coming on and being our guest. And you know, if people want to find you, you're at Georgia Street Grind smack, and on
1: your Instagram. Yeah, smack in the middle of Georgia Street. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, we thank you so much for having me and, uh, really hope, uh, you have a lot of fun with this podcast. I Thanks. like to look Thanks forward for to hearing the for first one. Yeah.
0: Cool. Thank you again, Justin from Georgia street grind, not only for providing amazing coffee during our podcast, but also for being our first guest on the show. We seriously could not have asked for a better local business owner to be so supportive of being on our show. We hope you enjoy learning more about Justin and Georgia Street Grind. They are located just on Georgia Street across from Burger Study. We will be announcing our next guest on our Instagram handles at Foodie Indie and at Into Indie, so make sure you're following along. And in the meanwhile, you'll find us at Georgia Street Grind for Dollar Donut Friday.